welcome to the Over and Achievers, the only podcast in the world that talks about sports and gambling. I'm one of your hosts, Knox McCoy. Joining me as always, somebody fell asleep before the fourth quarter of the National Championship Series of Waterfalls! Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, I have text confirmation. I will share screenshots if need be. Care to comment, Jason? Care to comment on this? You know, I, until this entire... I'm like Lewis Hamilton at this point. And until this entire investigation into what happened at the end of one of the biggest races or one of the biggest games of the year, sure. until yeah. this investigation is, is fully made public, I, I'm not going to make a statement at this point. It's probably smart. Let the lawyers handle it. Let the lawyers handle it. That's what all the innocent people do. So I, am I, I appreciate Am that. I an old man? Yes. Did I get a little sleepy? Yes. Did I, did I, in honor of Andre, did I drink a little too much Maker's Mark? Uh Yes. Here Uh we are. Okay. That's what good friends do. Um, Do you want to know when I realized you'd fallen asleep? (laughs) I mean, when I wasn't responding to your text, but. When I had sent you 52 text messages in a row, panic uh, text messaging about the game, and you had not responded. It was, (laughs) at 51, I was like, maybe he's annoyed. And then at 52, I was like. No, he's dead or asleep, and it just is what it is at this point. So I'm going to play this out solo. I'm going to play this out on my own and uh, and hope for the best. And, and luckily, we were uh, rewarded. I wanted to check in. Um, have you decided? Um, are you going tropical beachfront? Are you going like East Coast beachfront? What are you What are you going to do with all your winnings? Because I'm curious. You know, being being as smart of a financial guy that I am, I'm going to pay off my current home first. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's, that's we're going to start there, and then we're going to start building up that nest egg again and then we're going to look at beachfront maybe in about seven ten years okay but now this house is already paid off so that's yeah. good okay that okay. puts you ahead of schedule see that's not very sexy so i don't like that i <laughs> you know i could have been in a position to buy hawaiian island uh if the colts had not let me down um uh sunday uh evening or sunday afternoon i guess because i'm just fast forwarding to like you know 2082 um and the uh, Carson Wentz is one of my pallbearers, so you can let me down one more time, just one more time in my life, because I can't understand how you're 16 point favorites and you lose. You don't just lose the Jags; you get boat raced by the Jags. That kind of destroyed all my NFL action. I'm just saying I might have had a little bit more uh, candy to play with if uh, if they could have done some things. Well, you you so. continuing on the Carson Wentz train and even giving him one more chance is one of the most chaotic decisions you're making in 2022. Sure. I'm not going to tell you not to because okay. you do you, your body, your choice. But I got to tell you, you have got to quit. You don't okay. have to. You don't have okay. to, but you've got to. Okay. Hear I'm not going to tell you to quit, but I'm telling you, you've got to quit. I'm a man of the numbers. People have always said that. You're mathematical. People call me quant sometimes just because I'm always like in the digits and stuff like that. I would love to talk to those people. So many people. I can count them on my hand. Uh, I can't count them on my hand. Maybe I can. (laughs) Why does a quant count stuff on its hand? (laughs) (laughs) Because there there are multiple counting realms, you know? So uh, if if the future Jason, 2022 Jason, comes to you and says, hey, you're going to have the opportunity to bet on uh, the Colts who all they have to do is win and they're in the playoffs. And you're like, that sounds good. Who are they playing? And she said, I'm glad you asked that. They're playing the worst team in the league who will have the number one draft pick. Um, and uh, they uh, had Tim Tebow on the roster. They cut him. Um, they had a head coach who was from college and he wasn't very good. He got fired midseason and he touched a co-ed's butthole on allegedly. camera and Twitter talked about it. It was not allegedly because I saw it with my eyes. <laughs> um and do you think you would have been like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't trust Carson Wentz in that situation. Or you'd put some money down. You'd put some money down. That's ridiculous. That's I've got two points. I've got two points to make here. One is going to back you up. One is uh, maybe not going to be your favorite thing to discuss here. Number one, to back you up, we had so many different mega and small parlays. Now, we did not. We did not. Thank goodness. 
we did not over anchor the Colts into multiple parlays. You and I yeah. typically always do that. Yeah. For whatever reason, we did not on what was public um, do that. And but we had multiple legs. We were worried about the Chargers. Do we go yeah. this way on this other team? The Colts were in my parlays or my big parlay, your big parlay, and Andre's parlay, and it was never even discussed for a second if that wasn't the route to go. Yeah, it was just, it was assumed. And I know that's scary, but it's like, but it, it's the Jags, man. It's the Jags. I just don't understand. I don't understand why we're talking about the Jags and the Colts so much in this episode. It's my fault. I've derailed this. That's that, that's on me. I don't want to do that. I want to talk positively about the island real estate we're buying because we want yeah, well, that's so the much second money point. on the Georgia Bulldogs. That's the okay. second point, is that I'm getting a lot of messages asking me how much you wagered okay, and how much really came in. And yeah. I mean, it's starting to, people are starting to wonder, are, are you a savant of gambling? Uh, they, I'll put that to rest. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not, I couldn't find player props on any website. So I, th- I don't know that that's savant status. That might've been um, taken from you. They, they, the, they might know your account now. Oh, wow. They're like, this is Ben Affleck in the account. It's my second Ben Affleck. Don't give it to him. Don't give it to him. But look, I it, it, it's not probably as much as people think, but it's probably more than I thought I would. And a lot of it, uh, it's easy to do this in retrospect. I just started to, the more we talked about it, the more I read about it, the more I thought about it. Um, I just became really convinced of, it just felt like too many factors happening for Georgia not to win. Not necessarily like uh, objectively in a spreadsheet um, paper format. I don't know that it was that obvious, but it was the momentum of the situation. I I knew there were going to be more Georgia people. Um, All that said, I do think if Jameson Williams doesn't get hurt, I don't know. I don't know that Georgia wins. I I really don't know that Georgia wins. I did see that. It's terrible. And you see it. Uh, I think we were texting about it. You saw it on uh, the TV where like the knee, uh, you know, like when um, an animal gets under a sheet, like on a bed and starts running around sheep, a sheet, like on a bed sheet, you know, like a, like a high three count situation. Top top sheet. That's what it it felt like his ACL was doing that under his patella and it was just exploding and bouncing around. Yeah. This description has gone on too far. No, but it's true. And I was like, well, I think we won our bet Um, about his yardage under. That's not the important thing here. I hope he's okay. And I hope he has a great career. But that was like, I started to feel like everything was moving in our direction. When I saw, I will say when I saw Kirk Herbstreit's eyebrows um, and the coloration, I thought, Ooh, this is going to be a weird, this is going to be a weird game. This is not going to be. Were you alleging that they were, changed color from week to week or that's were you not, just noticing them that's not how god made his eyebrows that was in the hands of a, a stylist i need a side by side comparison to rose bowl kirk and then oh. this kirk go look at it go check it out it, somebody intentionally made those eyebrows blonder and i don't know why or they've been obscured all year and then finally he was like i'm gonna let the freak flag fly and i'm gonna let these blonde babies out uh it was it was really disgusting and it was kind of discouraging honestly for kirk but um but yeah i think honest i can't say this a lot and i don't want to sound like we're doing a victory lap i do feel like it kind of played out exactly like we thought it might right exactly kind of like we alleged and we saw that I feel like we did really good in our prop bets um i, I you know i joked about this in i don't know if it's the podcast or aua we did um i really did put every single dollar i have in gambling apps into a wager with georgia and it was going to be if i lose i'm just not going to gamble for like six months and <laughs> it's going to be okay i did um, not i did not do that and yeah. i obviously wish that i would have because what i thought was going to happen happen we were one yard away from being very positive on our mm. on our prop bets. 
yeah. that we did collectively, you and I, uh, but felt really good about those. Basically came out about even, but one yard of Setson Bennett uh, throwing yards, passing yards away from um, that feeling really good. Yeah. Uh, but man, oh man, two and a half for Georgia. Like they knew, Vegas knew, like it was crazy. Like I was, I was so worried about betting minus three. I didn't want to bet minus three. Maybe you need to do that second paragraph of our intro before we go into the, this part. But I, <laughs> I, I really wanted to bet minus three, but I just really, really wanted two and a half, and yeah. it didn't freaking matter. It was incredible. Yeah, it really did. And I, I, I wondered that it, it might be like that. But again, I feel like we're one ACL away from maybe this is uh, a completely different uh, tone and atmosphere and conversation. Um, as always, everyone achieves is a proud member of the podcast media group and is showing tendency. And it's a show intended to consider news from the sports world, the prism of overs and unders. Again, we're not experts. We do this for entertainment. We do this for camaraderie. And we will always tell people to gamble responsibly. And that's what we did. And we uh, gambled lucratively. So I feel really good about that. But we alluded to the subject of those gambles uh, this week, and it's Georgia. So let's go straight to our first over-under here because it does concern Georgia. Um, so what I want to ask you, Jason, is um, obviously Georgia has uh, is in possession of um, uh, the national championship for this year over the next five years. If I set the over under at 0.5 national championships, how many do you think they will also take home in addition to this one? Over. Uh, like convincingly over? Yes. I think Clemson's done. What if I put that at one and a half? Um, that's hard. That's much harder. That, yeah. Like, that's that's got to be 40% now instead of 20%. Sure. Hash, yeah. Hashtag, Big hashtag quant. Quant guy over here. Oh, do you even use your <laughs> fingers, bro? What up? <laughs> Dang, man. That's crazy. I feel very confident in one. I think they're the new Clemson. I think the- You're not wrong. I, and I think this is uh, – I'm glad you mentioned Clemson because, to me, over the next five years, it feels, it feels like they might get one. But I can also – I think this – okay, I, uh, let me say this. I think this comes down to one binary feeling or decision that I don't know how Kirby Smart thinks about this yet. And I think time will tell how he feels about this. But once I understand that, I can make a better prediction. Um, I want to know, what is the lesson he took from, like, what did he learn from this national championship? Is it that I can get this done with really poor quarterback play? Or I got this done with poor quarterback play. What's going to happen when I have a guy who doesn't make everyone betting on him have stress diarrhea in the first half of a game? Yeah, and I, I don't – it's crazy because if you look at the stat lines, if you didn't watch the fourth quarter, okay, and I'm not saying if anybody did or didn't, uh-huh. but if if you look at the stat lines after the game, Bryce Young had so many freaking yards, yeah, and they had really so did. little points. Yeah, that's true. Stetson Bennett had so little yards, 224, mm-hmm. and they had more points. Obviously, there's a defensive pick six in there. I don't think he's terrible. Am I Am I crazy? Um, I think he I th- played really well against Michigan. That was his best throwing performance that I could really remember that wasn't against just a garbage defense. Sure. Uh, and I think he played after those first few drives. I mean, like what? The first probably five drives, there was one drive in there where he looked good. The other four were not good. Yeah. And but then it was, he got comfortable. Um, okay. My, my counter here would be I feel like he had one really good series. Um, and it's when they let him really throw it around. And I yes. was like, where has this been? And I don't know if you jumped over to the, I, I, it was one of the mega, well, it was the mega cast, uh, oh, no. with Jimbo and company. Uh, Jimbo is a star. He is a star of my life. I love his <laughs> vibe. I love his, uh, uh, brass ball swinging in his commentary of, uh, I, I just like anyone who will like fact check and like, uh, offense check two coaches in the national championship. Um, it was amazing, but you could tell he had that. I beat Bama swagger here. Um, but, uh, I think I would say he had one really interesting drive. Um, other than that, 
I think this is a situation where that Georgia roster is overflowing with talent. And I'm not trying to be rude to Sesame. I think we are in the afterglow of the championship. It's an incredible story. He seems like a great kid and a great guy. Um, he's not good at quarterback. And I think that almost lost you a national championship in a year where Bama is as gettable as they're going to get. Now, um, I think that roster is so plush and uh, uh, replete with five-star talent that if you can get a guy who can sling it around a little bit, you're looking at like Joe Burrow at LSU a couple years ago where it's not, you have a monster defense and Oh, by the way, you can put up 40, no big deal. And I know Georgia's offense has done that, but it's, it's felt like a very, um, I don't know what the word is like plug and play, like very manual, uh, labor kind of offensive output. And it doesn't have to be that hard in this day and age. Um, I will say too, you, you mentioned Clemson and I think the interesting part here is, uh, you know, Alabama's the big bully in the room. They're always going to be back here. And I think what we're talking about now is who is playing to be the co-monster of college football. You mentioned Clemson. They've It's been like that for a few years. I think they've fallen off, and I think they'll – I don't know that they're, like, gone, but they'll trend downward, and maybe they'll show up every now and then. I think you're talking about – Georgia now. You have to talk about Georgia now, legitimately. Just like, remember, Clemsoning was a, a verb um, for all those years, and now they earn the right to not. I think we, the, uh, Georgia's earned the right to not get clowned on in that respect. But I think they're going to contend with Ohio State. I think yep. uh, it's going to be Ohio State, Georgia, whatever uh, South, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Southern Cal turns into. And it's going to be, that's going to be um, uh, who's number two, who is 1A, 1B with Alabama until Nick Saban, um, you know, ascends off this earthly uh, realm. And that's why I, I think that if you set the line at 0.5, I'm confident and I would bet with my own hard-earned one monies uh, the over. But the problem is even betting to two, if, the, if, the, if you change the line to 1.5 and betting the over of two, the problem with that is there's going to be, what, three out of those years where they lose some fluke game and then mm-hmm. maybe they're not in the SEC championship game, and then they got to back in. Maybe that's only one or two of the years. But then the other years that they go to the SEC championship game, let's say that's three or four years that they go, they have to play Alabama. Yeah, probably a majority of those games. And then if this thing keeps going, which I, no one is saying that Alabama is going to fall off. Sure, I don't think anybody was thinking that Clemson was going to fall off, especially with DJU. Yeah. Uh, that was supposed to be a good thing and they really fell off and it looked like for Clemson that they're going to have more than one piece that they have to figure out in short order to get back up there, especially like um, being thought about at that top, top tier of like Mm -hmm. the schools that you just named uh, all the, some kind of red and white or black teams of Ohio state, Georgia and Alabama. Uh Um, But man, Alabama is going to be there every year. And Georgia, the reason I'm not taking a confident over is that, you're gonna you're gonna more than likely have to play Alabama twice to get a national championship, at, at least one of those two times to get to the over of one point five. It's gonna be next, tricky. In the next five seasons. Nick Saban is old though, and it eventually it has to come to an end. And I I think with expansion with playoff expansion, um, there's more opportunity to maybe not win the SEC but still get in. You know, just because this proved this was the game we wanted it to be and, and it deserved to be. Um, and I think. The, the difference now with Georgia is uh, whereas Clemson needs a generational quarterback to be in the mix. Um, Georgia, just like Alabama did with like Greg McElroy and A.J. McCarron, um, Georgia doesn't need a generational quarterback to be in the mix now, right? And I think it's going to be interesting to see because Kirby Smart has proved he's the, the prince who was promised, right? He's exactly who he wanted him to be. He did. He brought a title home. Now, 
it's going to be like the new kind of cold war of will Kirby solve offensive football faster than Ryan day can solve defensive football in the big 10, because both are slated pretty well, divisionally speaking to be able to be in the conference championship every single year. And then to get into the mix of the playoffs, but it's going to be who solves that outside the ball. And that's when, when Nick Saban solved that and unlocked, Oh, what if I have a quarterback who can score a lot of points and I'll get Lane Kiffin over here to call the plays. It changed everything, you know, and I think that's what we're looking for, that next transformational aspect of the Georgia program. Okay, in the next five years, so you mentioned five years and then then Saban's old. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they all stay or they all go? Those are the only two options here. Mm -hmm. Uh, They they all stay or somebody goes. Debo, Debo, I was about to say Debo Samuel. Yeah, Debo Dabo Samuel Sweeney. Okay, so we got Debo Dabo Samuel Sweeney. We have Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron. So Uh Greg McCarron. Who are our other ones? Phil Simmons and Boomer Esiason. We did Fumer well, and Esiason. Yeah, no, I've, I, yeah, I've always done, uh, no, you're right. Uh, for Boomer and Yeah, you've got that right. My bad. For Boomer Esiason. Uh, what was the other one we liked to do? Uh, Dermot McElroney, Dermot McDermott and Dylan McElroney. Oh yeah. Uh, Derm Dylan mcdermott rooney it, yeah okay. it, this is good content leave all of this in Don't yes cut I'm, <laughs> I'm actually going to um dabo sweeney uh-huh kirby smart mm-hmm. nick saban okay Ex- expansion aside are they all on those their same teams in five years I oh think yeah. yes 100 100 so uh, it, it kind of doesn't matter that he's old i think the dabo stuff that was pretty heated up about like, man, would Saban retire so good get Dabo? I think that's yeah. going to cool off a little bit. I don't know what happens with them, um, but more importantly, you yeah, know, boy, that's what I, happens with him. No, I think he's he's locked in on Oxford forever, and I like that now. I, th- I, th- I feel content with that. I feel like I can buy an almost okay because you had him going several places. Well, it it was that thing. It was that that pivot point moment of like, do you want to be here or do you want to be gone? And he signs the extension. I know you can get out of extension, but that yeah. tells me, okay, no, you actually want to be here and have roots. I really just want to own this helmet. Um, but uh, <laughs> the the footage of Saban and Kirby, you know, even back at LSU in Miami, like that was kind of cool. I wanted to ask you, do you think Saban was a DILF um, back then, like at LSU in, in Miami days specifically? It's hard to say no. He was a really good looking guy, you know? He still kind of is. Did you see see him in that leather bomber jacket? I mean, yeah, I did. It, it's like not for me. You know, I'm not trying to kink shame or anything. More uh, Jason, for Jamie. Do you? Yeah, maybe I don't know. I'm just saying uh, it's an older it's an older situation. I'm just saying back in the day, olive skin, gray head of hair. He never wore undershirts, so always letting that chest hair fly a little bit. Absolutely, everyone good should. Good looking cat. Good looking cat. So I'm I'm hearing yes. I'm hearing a yes on the on the. Oh, absolutely. From you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Confirm confirmation. Um, okay. So I think that, we're both. That felt like a trap, by the way. That's no, no, what? No, no, that's not a trap. Against me later, but I'm, I'm all in. I love it. Don't clip that audio. Don't put that in a secret <laughs> file. Mutually assured destruction. Um, okay. Next over under, we're going to talk NFL uh, first round matchups. And I wanted to get, so we have, let me see here, one, two, three, four, five, six total games, uh, including our first game on Monday night, which I am so thankful for. I'm so grateful and thankful for because I don't have to watch The Bachelor on that night um, because they uh, they step away. They uh, realize um, uh, they abdicate the throne for a minute for NFL. Um, that so, they didn't do against the national championship game. How freaking wild is that? And they never do because I always have to wake up early and watch the next morning, which is always the worst kind of like come down out of. How, uh, how is Disney making that decision? Let's put our biggest franchise, The Bachelor, up against our one of our biggest properties, 
the national championship game. What the heck was that about? Because uh, men everywhere are adapting. I got many texts and DMs um, showing me how uh, the dudes were watching it, the national championship on their laptop, and yep. on the big screen on the wall, the the women had the bachelor. So that's hey. that's the power play is when the picture gets taken and there are two screens. Yeah, which screen is your your child's iPad held up by that like foam? Uh, iPad case that you're watching yeah. the national championship game on, and then the gorgeous 65 inch 4K. I know you don't do 4K. We've established that, but yeah, 4K right. TV has the freaking Bachelor on it. You know what Marla does in my house? Such a power play. Whatever she wants, she does. Whatever. Yes, and here's how I know that. Um, she will. Uh, uh, she's got her iPad right, and she plays this game where it's like it's almost like a animation kind of thing. Like you can set up and like do a uh, a scene and then like save it, do another one, and then run it all together. Right. So it's kind of like a mini movie almost thing. Oh, nice. um, And she play. It's super cool. I really like it. She casts it onto the the TV, the living room TV, the big <laughs> so TV. So now she's taking over both. So she takes over both. But you know what she does? She literally turns her back to the big TV and she uh, uh, lays over the back of the couch and uses her iPad. So she doesn't even look at it. And I was like, hey, can I have one screen? And she goes, no, I need both. And I was like, I don't, I don't think You're you do. You're not even looking goes, at one of them. What's going she, on here? She's like, I just like having it. I like hearing it in both places. What are you going to do about it? And do you like I was a sick like, audio setup? Because then that's on you. Maybe she's got a good point here. She no, wants it's just to a, use. It's basic. It's just basic sound. And she's like, I just like hearing it everywhere and I control everything here. So <laughs> she's like, she literally said, what are you going to do about it? And Good I was for like, her. I, I'm, I'm going to watch it on the tiny little screen, that Google home screen in her kitchen. Um, so that's how we do business. But all that said, six games. Uh, we have uh, the two buys in both conferences um, over under on upsets. I'm going to put that number at two and a half. Jason, how are you feeling about that? Oof, upsets, upsets, upsets. That's, that's good. Okay. First, I'm going to assess that I think I like all matchups except for Pittsburgh, Kansas City. It's a horrific, horrific matchup. That's not going to be good, right? No. But the other ones, do you like all all five of the other ones? I mean, you can argue Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay is not playing prime right now. I think the other, all the other matchups are going to be fun. I think you have – I'm not saying the Bucks are going to kill the Eagles. They've already played before, so I think that's going to be interesting. I think they're going to – keep Jalen Hurts in the box or yeah. in the box and in the tackle box and be like, throw to beat us. And they're not going to be able to, um, I just don't think that's not gonna be an aesthetically pleasing game. So really we're talking about, uh, for the other four games out of those. I mean, you could throw Steelers in there if you want to, are you seeing three, uh, or two upsets? Uh, man. Okay. You want to so go game not- by game like Raiders Bengals. Well, let's just cancel out. Philadelphia is not upsetting Tampa Bay. We both agree on that. Correct. And Pittsburgh is not upsetting Kansas city. We both Correct. agree on that. So yeah. those two are just gone. So you're really yeah. talking about four games. Vegas, Kansas City. I can see an upset. I'm not going to bet it. I'm, you said you said Vegas, Kansas City, but you meant Cincinnati, right? Vegas, Cincinnati. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm. Yes, Vegas at Cincinnati. Um, oh, and are we, are we also going against the Lions here? I don't – man, let me, look, let me take a look. No, at no, no. Game. We're just talking straight up right now, but we can throw okay. that in there okay. if okay. you want to. So just seating, that. just seating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like Vegas. I like Cincinnati. I like Vegas to lose. I like Cincinnati to win. So not an upset. Uh, I could see th- I could see the Raiders winning. I could see the Raiders winning that. I don't know, man. I think they used it all up. I think that game was really exhausting for them mentally. And that, I mean, good job for Rich Rich P, whatever his last name is. But um, maybe it's is his last name Pasikia? No, it's ba- Basakia. But hey, P B Basakia. Yeah, it's B I S A C C. Yeah, um, it always reminds me. I think of a, like a delicious pizza a piece of bread when I say his last name, like focaccia. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the one I think of. That's exactly. Okay. Yeah, Richard so, Bacaccia. I like the Bengals. Uh huh. I have no freaking clue. 
New England against Buff- at Buffalo, man. Buffalo's okay. going to win that. Buffalo's going to win that. You sure? They're at home. Because the better. second that New England is down and you bet against them, don't bet against Tom Brady, don't bet against Bill Belichick. I think Mac, as good as he has played, um, has been exposed a little bit. I think there has been some attrition on the Patriots roster. I just think they just don't have enough firepower to deal with. Would you with. say that they've reached maximum ceiling? Hit the reggae horn. Boom, 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 boom. They fell down the quant realm, bro. That was good. Um, the only way, you know, the path of victory is like, uh, I think if Josh Allen gets hurt, and I know that's like, well, duh, yeah. but I yeah. think the the way they use him, especially against the Patriots, is I'm going to run it like 20 times too. So I think that is a real possibility, but I feel I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with that one. Yeah, and we don't do injuries here. No, no. We don't root for them, and we don't assume they're going to happen. However, I think they're going to put his body on the line and make sure they win this game. I do think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm very hopeful it's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, and I do think exactly like you're saying, they put Josh Allen's body on the line here to, to, if he needs to run it 40 times, then that's what they're going to freaking do. Then, you know what? I'm going to, while we're talking, I'm going to look at weather.com because if, if we get into a weather situation, um, like the first game, I think it's a different, different story. And I know, I don't know um, because they didn't run him enough. They, They tried to use his rocket arm to throw into the wind. And then they started after that game. They started using Josh Allen as a weapon, and I think that you're right, that they're going to do that in this game, and then that's what's going to be the difference here is even if there's weather, that might actually help Buffalo even more. That's true. That's true. Because I am seeing like uh, every, like Northeast and even into the South supposed to get blitzed, like absolutely killed um, this weekend. So, um, yeah, I agree with you, though. I think, I just, so I think that's Bills all the way. I I'd, I'd, would probably include them in any kind of money line parlay. So right now, just to be clear, I'm at four games are not upsets. Correct. So you're so under. now. Now we're at San Francisco at Dallas. Mm-hmm. This might be the one. I think you're I think a Dallas every... guy. You're you're a huge Cowboys fan. Yeah. Knox, Jerry Big Jones, McCoy. That's what we've That's... always called you. Tony Romo is on my speed dial right now. You may call you may FaceTime, bro? I'll do it right now. No, Dude, we're if busy. You did, we're... That would be so exciting. Jim <laughs> I don't know, Tony. <laughs> um, I think this is the sexy game that everyone thinks is uh, going to be an upset, and I think the Cowboys win by more than ten. Um, I think they're good. I think their defense matches up well with the Niners. I think the Niners are frisky and squirrely, but I think Jimmy. I don't trust Jimmy G. Um, I don't know, but but you could talk me into the whole angle of the Niners have been here. They've been in uh, been in some dog fights. Cowboys haven't. I just I don't know. I and I'm a little financially invested in the Cowboys winning the NFC, yep. but I just. I have a hard time believing they're going to biff it on this. Yeah, I, I agree, and that's and that's where you get down to it. Is it's like if I was if I'm going to probably bet this game, and I'm probably going to end up betting Dallas, but it's really going to be like, can Dallas's defense stop that run and stop that blocking attack all game? That's where it's going to be like. I know Michael Parsons is incredible. I know Diggs, especially his son, is incredible. You know, like there's just these pieces that you have to take a look at and see are they going to be able to do it the entire game because San Francisco is kind of starting to figure stuff out just like they did on that one run to the Super Bowl yeah. that they had when they just didn't care about Jimmy G's feelings and they did what Kyle Shanahan wanted to do. So then the last game is Arizona at the Rams. So I'm going to end up taking the Rams in that because I think Arizona is completing their downfall. Yeah. But that's where it kind of depends on what the question is. If if the question is one and a half, that's the line for upsets, I think I'm going to end up taking the over because the likelihood of five favorites winning in the wild card weekend it never happens it never happens right but if the line is two and a half i'm gonna take the under so i like two but if i had to name the specific games that's where it gets much more complicated for me so name i mean okay so we got six games um if i if i said you have to pick two you have to pick two upsets 
Which ones are you picking? San Francisco and um, Arizona. Yeah, and I actually, I actually think that those are not going to happen. But if, I, like, that's what I'm saying. If you have to pick specific matchups, those are the most reasonable to me. Because Arizona, I, I have just no feeling on that game. Um, I just, I, I just kind of want to be like, I don't even want this on TV. Just tell us how it went, and like, then we can move on to the next game. Because yeah, I also think that it's going to be a great Manning cast game with Kyler Murray, with Cliff, with McVeigh, and with Stafford, and the Mannings going on and off about them, but. I, I just I tr- this is going to be crazy to say, and I know I've, Stafford was my boy early on, but I trust Stafford over Kyler right now because I don't know if Kyler's hurt or not hurt, and I trust McVeigh over Kingsbury right now. But McVeigh's had some problems too, so just where we're at right now, you know, it's it's, it's kind of like a litmus test right this second. Because the fact that Sean McVeigh cannot beat Kyle Shanahan is uh, that's a problem. Crazy. That yeah. it would have been like if Georgia hadn't beat Alabama. It's just like whoa, that's <laughs> it's weird that you can't do this because in their matchups this year, Rams won thirty to twenty three, uh, most recently in December, and then Cardinals won thirty seven twenty in October. Um, but I, yeah, I I think I agree with you. I think the Rams are built to kind of be good in a game like this, and the Cardinals. I think it was good getting here. Um, and I I think I like what you're saying about the Raiders. Of yeah, it was like exhausting to get here, and the fact that they got here was an accomplishment with the season that they had, but I don't know that they're going to have a lot of juice in the tank to like make some moves. So yeah, I think, man, I think I have, that makes me have to pick like the Niners or the Pats and I don't like either of them. So I, I, I just like painted myself in a corner and I don't want to do that. Yeah, I know. And that, that's the same thing as me, but if, if the line's one and a half for upsets, are you taking the over or the under? Uh, I'm going to take the under. You think? Yeah. And I know I'm wrong. Because when the Pats, when the Pats win, if the Pats win, won't win if the pats win are you going to be surprised i'm not i will i will be stunned if they win honestly i will be stunned and i think sean mcdermott's head will explode on tv do i hear do i hear so a mad. bet yeah yeah you want to bet no i don't i don't believe in the, pat, the pats at buffalo that much yeah it's insane <sighs> i was trying to get, i was trying to get there but i, I it, just couldn't do it i really just don't want the niners to beat the cowboys but i think that might be the one that i'm zeroing in on you financially don't want them to win I don't, but you know, uh, Debo Dabo Swinsweeney, um, uh, Sam Sweeney or whatever, uh, and Kittle kind of rolling and rocking. I don't know, man. So I'm, we'll revisit this on the text thread, but, um, I think, so I'm under, are you saying you're over? Is that what it was? I'm over one and a half. Yeah. One and a half. The, if that's yeah. the number, I, I think it's going to be two. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, let's go to our third over under here. And this is, we're going to rarely uh, depart the world of football and go to the NBA here uh, as a little bit of a tease into, you know, what the next few months will look like. I look like, cause I know the NBA will have to exist in some kind of capacity in that conversation. Um, so I wanted to, you know, we had, um, uh, we're not here to talk about what happened last year uh, with the MVP conversation because, you know, many people are talking about how that was just like a weird situation. And, and people can't just like people can't be blamed for falling asleep in the fourth quarter of the most exciting college game of the year. Many people can't be blamed for not cashing out MVP bets early because they were convinced something was going to happen. Right. I think those are equal things. You're nodding your head. So I'll just keep going. I won't let you talk. Hey, um, so, hey, real quick. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely cut this all out. Okay, good. Good. You ever notice how when you bring up the NBA, like I never get any credit for how right I was. Did you ever notice that? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, oh, that's I've, crazy. That's no, crazy. I've I'll, never cu- heard I'll that. cut this all out. You go. Yeah, yeah, what, good. You, yeah, what were you saying? Good. Protect the brain. Sorry, I, I get sleepy that. sometimes and I forget <laughs> stuff. So uh, th- we're we're gonna talk about the uh, NBA uh, MVP awards odds, and the question to frame it is: How many players will we ultimately put some money on in consideration of who will win the MVP? I've got the over under at two and a half. So do you think it's going to be uh, more than that or less than that? 
Uh, I like more than that. I, I think that there's a couple of players right now that you could spice a little bit on. That okay? So Steph's. I don't know what odds you're looking at. I'm looking but, at DraftKings. I've got Steph at uh, plus one fifty. Okay, I've got Steph, Durant, Giannis, Jokic, and uh-huh. LeBron. Okay, I've got uh, uh, DeRozan, Jaw, and Joel Embiid uh, at better odds than LeBron or Embiid's equal. Okay, here's what I like. I like a Giannis sprinkle. A Jokic like sprinkle and a LeBron like James sprinkle. I don't like a Jokic, and I know. I, Here we go I know, again. I know. I know. I know. I did it, and I know. I'm. I just refuse Look to believe. Look at the stats. Look at the splits, man. It's insane. It is. I just. I and it's. You He's know what? Carrying though carrying that team. Okay. Here, let me explain my rationale, and it's the same rationale I have about Aaron Rodgers, and I'm about to be wrong about that. But yep. uh, a, a captain goes down with a ship, and I just don't think the NBA media is going to be like, you know, who should have the MVP this year. Um, the uh, Eastern European uh, kind of chubby guy again. That'll be great. Yeah, the key the key word there, if that argument ends up being correct, is is again. Yeah, because yeah. they you said that they wouldn't do that last year, and they right. did it. So now there's precedent for it. But are they going to do it again? If they, you know, I they, get they it. did it last year because they had everyone else was injured. It was like a it was like a massacre of of people available and actually putting up points. That's why they did it. It's not the same thing this year. So I think they're going. You could talk yourself into Katie. You could talk yourself into Steph, Giannis, Demar. Yeah, like I'm really interested in Ja because yes. I feel like if they go there it on is. a run, that was going to be the secret one. Okay, that plus three thousand, and he's doing yes. crazy stuff. So I think that's a fun kind of narrative. I don't know let's that that's put, let's each put a unit on it right now. I'm down. I'm so down. DeRozan's right. interesting because I feel like they have that good regular season team get killed in the playoffs, but you know, put up. Uh, I some think points. that they've got such a shared, like he is crazy in crunch time this year for whatever reason. Um, you know, clutch the clutch gene, the clutch yeah. uh, stat. But I think that that team is, is such a team. So fun to watch all the uh-huh. way around that. I think that he doesn't end up winning because of that, like shared responsibility on the bulls. Yeah. And I wonder I, that's that's where I wonder if like all the attention is on Jaw right now throughout an entire game, mm-hmm. um, and DeRozan is really getting it at the end of games. That if but I tell you, man, if if the Lakers make this turnaround actually stick, which I'm not betting that they're going to. Sure. But I also Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, LeBron James. Don't bet against them. Yeah, and you've got the story of he's playing. He's playing center this year. Do you know yeah. LeBron's playing center this year? He's doing good. And look at their splits. Look at the record since he started playing center. Uh, he's so selfless. Man, do you know how many, how few MVP uh, worse he has? We should reward him this year. Like, I can see that forming. You know what I mean? As a LeBron so, stand, you're coming across as real sarcastic as uh, you're doing this. You're, you're almost buying into the media. Like, you didn't do your whole impression there. You didn't do the entire voice. You kind of kind of bought into it, it felt like. No, no, that's the that's the, that's the the whisper Twitter media that I, that I read. Yeah, I know. It sounded like you were kind of agreeing with them. Uh, a little bit, yeah. A little okay, bit. so you're are you anti LeBron? No, 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 I'm not anti LeBron. Okay, I'm okay. appropriate amount of respect for LeBron, not too much because he does deserve some criticism, and I don't like that he does commercials where his hair looks like one way, Drew Brees, and then uh, I see him in real life and his hair doesn't look. <laughs> it like depends that. on when the commercials were shot, but I definitely whoa. noticed that too. Like whoa, man. the latter commercial was shot way different than the Calm commercial, which was shot way different than the whatever. whole scalp is like that Vanta black, you know, like the most like if, a, if, like the most black black in the world. And then I see commercials. Him, yeah, if any commercials were shot around when he was filming. Um, <laughs> NBA Jam, um, yeah. Space Jam, two. Then yes. it's thick hair. Yeah, and it's just not what my eyeballs are telling me. So I think I'm gonna sprinkle a little bit. I don't. I don't think Steph will last. 
I like KD, obviously. Uh, I like a little Giannis. I like Ja, and I like LeBron. So that's yeah, four. and even if Steph does last, the value right there, it, it, it's just not there. It's not exciting enough, in my opinion. I think no. that I think what we need to do is pr- sprinkle a little bit on on Ja. Uh, I, I'm gonna, depending on what uh, Giannis odds are, that's probably my favorite right there, honestly. And then um, Jokic, you know, I don't know, man, because honestly, with the NBA MVP betting. One of my big goals is just to get that cash out. That's exactly right. I just want the cash out option. Yeah. And you're not getting that with Steph. So that's why it's yeah. nothing against Steph. He may very well win and probably deserves it. But I, I'm but you're only cashing that. out if those odds, if that increases. And I just don't think, I think it, you, you're buying high on Steph and it's just right. going to go a little bit lower, especially with Clay getting some of those points. Um, have you been buying into the uh, uh, Tommy B for MVP buzz that's starting to build a little bit? No. You don't like it at all? You don't think it's going to come to fruition? I'm not even hearing that, are you? I'm hearing a little bit. It's like, you know, Bruce Arians put it out a little bit, some of the Bucks guys, and then now you're it's seeing... all some... Aaron Rodgers is all I hear, and I, I have no I have no idea how to counter-argue it. See, I'm starting to hear the or buzz. I guess that's just argue it. If you counter-argue something, is that just agreeing with it? Can we make that a thing? If you counter-argue... Um, you, there's no, a counter-argument. I think if you double counter... Sense, but if, if there's you double counter-argue... Counter, if you double counter-argue, you're actually agreeing with the original argument, I think. That's what that is. <sighs> big brain yeah. time dad it's quant stuff I don't want to i'm say not hearing anything. anything besides aaron Rodgers. is the polymath line there i think i you're not wrong um but also there's starting to be a other narrative building of hey when we look at the stats and truly uh across the board tom brady sweeps the statistical categories like even beating out joe burrow uh and uh, uh sunshine over in la uh, with the chargers just nervous um I, I, and I think a little bit of that is people just not wanting it to be Aaron Rodgers again. Um, some of that is looking at the statistical analysis and being like, yeah, Brady did kind of uh, screw the pooch a little bit in some big games, but Aaron yes. Rodgers, th- that's a record uh, uh, award that they're giving him, not necessarily because of statistical uh, uh, prolificness. Yep. You know? I, would, I would invite those people to go watch the Jordan Love game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, it, it, I get that some of the stats, okay, okay but... If you look at it, and we have not been kind to Aaron Rodgers on this podcast. That's just saying it lightly, and that's sure. that's bringing the truth to the table. That's what I do, okay? Other people will say that uh, NBA MVP bets, blah, blah, blah. I think Aaron Rodgers is the most valuable player in the NFL this season. I see valuable. You have to, then you get into the nuance of like define value. What's value, actually? I understand. I understand, then, but that's what the could, award is. You can make the case Cooper Cup's pretty valuable. You can make the case Joe Burrow is probably more valuable. You can make the case that um, who is the – is it like Blaine Gabbert is Tom Brady's backup? Yeah. What in the world would that be? You know what I mean? So I don't know about that. I, really, I'm just bringing this up. I'm not trying to make like a low-key Tom Brady case. I'm saying is Tom Brady worth the plus 400 odds he's getting right now? Because Rodgers is minus 400. With Brady plus 400, I don't know. That's interesting to me. I think if it was a few weeks ago and you had some hope or, or opportunity to believe that like, Hey, Brady's going to really turn it on because he wants to get the bucks to a higher seat or something. And it was plus 400. I think the value would be there. Now that the regular season's done, I just don't see it happening for Brady. I'm for the record. I don't think that you're doing any type of a Brady stand argument. I understand. Sure. I just don't think it's going to happen. And yeah. I don't, I think he played better than most quarterbacks in the league. I just don't believe that he had an MVP season. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think that's probably going to... I was trying to look when the voting is done. Um, but 
I, yeah, it's not like Tom Brady doesn't have enough stuff, so he'll be fine. But um, I'm just trying to find out some value, just see some value, because it, it just feels like a boring resolution to what could have been a really interesting MVP race, you know. All righty, we no longer have Coach Knox with us. He is busy coaching up a very lovely young lady to win a spelling bee coming up at school. But fresh off of a Braves World Series and now a national championship for his Georgia Bulldogs, it is Andre Three Stacks. Andre, how are you, man? Gentlemen, I'm doing well. The University of Georgia Bulldogs are <laughs> national champions, baby. <laughs> You're sounding a little bit froggy. How's uh? I mean, the game the game was multiple days ago. How's how's that going so far for you? It's going. We're uh, we're not quite back to a hundred percent, but we are feeling better. Um, yeah, the drive back was a long Tuesday. Uh, obviously <laughs> worth it, but it was a. Long drive, uh, little sleep from Monday night, uh, you know, kind of straight to bed last night, hit the, hit the work force hard today because we're, uh, I'm in the collegiate apparel business, uh, full time. And so that's, uh, it's been good for business for Georgia to win. So we're going to do a little something, a little something different, but I mean, you can hear how Andre is absolutely powering through like the national champion that he is. And why don't we just skip ahead real quick and, and tell, and tell the listeners, what do you have this weekend? Because straight off of a national championship game, a win, you're going to be doing what? Uh, jumping on tonight to get a quick segment in with you guys. Didn't want to pass up this opportunity, but I head to South Carolina on a boys' golf trip. Uh, <laughs> Just what a week. We land in uh, South Carolina tomorrow afternoon and come back on Sunday. What what a week for you! Are you just uh, you just living it, huh? It's and you get to print you get to print your own national championship shirts. It's unbelievable. It's it's a lot. No, it's a lot. It's a it's funny because it's a golf trip with Georgia buddies uh, that we've had for probably six or eight months, and we kind of laughed when we set the date that hey, we may be coming off a national championship, and some of us may be coming from Indianapolis, and uh, that's exactly what happened. So I'm looking for, it'll be fun. Looking I, forward to it. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to what to uh, hear your podcast recording voice next week <laughs> after after another weekend. <laughs> it'll be. Uh, I'll need to hit up the rest of dry, Jan- dry January. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, February is a short month. You can just pick it up then. Just just, just punt to February. <laughs> that's a good idea. All right. So what we're going to do here is a little bit different than normal because. Uh, as you know, Knox is uh, Coach Knox is is coaching up uh, f- for a spelling bee win. But what he's really doing, as as anybody that joined the um, podcast AUA has heard, he is shopping for land in Hawaii. Okay, beachfront, waterfront land with all of his winnings. But what we want to do here is just kind of recap Andre's week weekend, uh, the travels, the especially the game. Uh, the emotions, the different pieces. I saw some pictures. I saw some video. You were all in the fields. I, I mean, we, we couldn't have been more excited for you and for us from a gambling perspective. Yeah. But we're going to do a little bit of a different segment. So why don't, why don't you tell us, how did this trip kick off and, and where'd you go and what'd you do? Yeah, so it, we started uh, in Louisville. Uh, we drove up to Louisville on Sunday, got in about noon, had lunch, spent the afternoon, hit up the Louisville Slugger Museum. Not a sponsor, but hey, definitely hit that place up if you're ever in Louisville because it was great. Um, 
Yeah, just hit a couple of bars. Uh, a lot of Georgia fans in the area. Uh, we met up with probably ten other uh, buddies, uh, Georgia friends, family stuff like that. So, had a nice dinner, um, steak dinner on on Sunday night. Uh, hit the bars. I Not saw. Too I saw. Late. I saw somewhat of a smoked drink. Yeah. Is this, what was this about? Tell me about this. Booker's old fashioned. Oh sort wow! Of, uh, this restaurant signature drink and. Uh, the boys love a, a, a bourbon drink, so that was a, an easy sell to us for sure. And being in Louisville, hey, you got to drink bourbon. So, absolutely. All uh, right. So that's that's, that's Sunday. Sunday, right? So then nice, it nice is, little Sunday. Nice little pace yourself. Maybe <laughs> didn't pace yourself. Didn't Hard to say ourselves. at this point. We all kind of look down after uh, Sunday night football, and it's creeping up on uh, you know twelve thirty one o'clock, and we're like, probably, we probably should go, guys. We got a, we got a big day tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, so we get up Monday, we roll into Indy, uh, we get into uh, Indy right at about 11, uh, we have a nice Bloody Mary and shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's, anyone familiar with uh, Indianapolis, is one of their famous restaurants uh, right downtown. What did you think about the, uh, the sauce there? Because the shrimp is, I don't know where they get shrimp that big in um, landlocked Indian- Indianapolis, unless it's from the gorgeous White River. But uh, what did you think about that sauce? Pretty, pretty well, well I wasn't sure famous. what to do when they brought it out. Uh, <laughs> it's it's, a, it's a, like a bowl-type thing, and the sauce, the shrimp are submerged in the sauce. And they warn you, especially they warned us, because we got the first batch of the day uh, at 11 o'clock. And it is a horseradish straight to the dome, through the nostrils, I think COVID right there could, between right there between your eyes. We could cure COVID with this horseradish. <laughs> it will clean you out in an instant. Um, but it's kind of one of those things. If you go there, you have to try it. Um, it was, you know, it's enjoyable, but it is something. They give you crackers, give you bread, but it is. It's a tough first bite if you're yeah, not the really crackers sure what to and, Yeah, the crackers and the bread cannot cut through what's it what it has already done. One it en- once it enters your system, right? So we uh, yeah had a nice lunch there. Um, dropped our car at the at the hotel about ten miles from the stadium. Came back. We had some friends doing a radio remote um, downtown Indy. So we hit that and then had a tailgate uh, party sort of set up, all inclusive drinks, food, all that good stuff, music. Uh, saw a bunch of friends. You know, I, I don't know very many people that did not make the trip. We saw a ton of folks, uh, you know, blast from the past people. You don't you recognize, but maybe don't remember a name. So it's kind of fun to catch up, uh, with a lot of those folks, but it's, we're right across the street from the stadium. So we were in, uh, Lucas oil at six 30 for oh, wow. you know, a little after okay. eight o'clock kickoff. And, you know, it's nice of Lucas oil to serve beers. So we were able to, you know, kind of continue the, the, the festivities as we roll into the game, but we had uh, some pretty great seats in the end zone. We were in the Georgia end zone, uh, lower level, kind of right, uh, bet- almost to the between the uprights um, in the Georgia end zone. So it was, you know, it's a game that kind of just went back and forth uh, early on with, uh, you know, not a lot of scoring, uh, a lot of really, really good defense being played. Uh, you kind of, Wondering if both teams are just trying to figure each other out, maybe waiting for somebody to make that mistake more than really trying to, you know, to try to, to, to throw the, the early knockout punch. Um, yeah, if I triangulated the pictures correctly, I think Madison from Bragging Rights, uh, definitely a friend of the pod and, and has uh, done some episodes on our feed here 
was uh, directly behind you a little bit, and I was trying to. I had some other friends that are Alabama fans that went and some local people that went. We did not get to see each other. We just need to address this right now. It's that been a riff. That is regret. <laughs> there, was a, uh, there was definitely some scheduling uh, for Mr. Three Sacks. was a very busy man, but more importantly, I had come back from Florida trip last week. Everybody's healthy and feeling good, uh, but just a little bit slammed at work. Could not make it out during the day. And to be completely honest with the weather... And the amount of people downtown, I was not going to try to come see you for five seconds in between yeah. your tailgate and the game. Um, but uh, besides that, let's let's get into the game a little bit because tale of two halves here. It was um, maybe even like three quarters. What we've already addressed with with your boy uh, hit me pretty hard. I fell asleep at the end of the third quarter. Oh no! Um, <laughs> so that happened. Um, I was. When did I was you wake definitely, up? Uh, 3.30 a.m. <laughs> I was not overserved. I think I was just overexhausted. And um, I was drinking some Maker's Mark in honor of you, um, as, as I tend to do. It did not work out during the SEC championship game, but who cares at this point now? Uh, so I, it was not the most exciting game, but let's, let's go through it from the beginning because it was kind of crazy. And Setson Bennett is what we've really only kind of mostly addressed so far is that he was all over the place, especially in that first half. So, so walk us through even from the beginning. Um, and then, and then we'll try to go through about three quarters here and then, and then hit what, um, sports center and all the highlight packages have told me happened in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it was just, like I said, it was one of those things where I think they were just, you both quarterbacks, especially Stetson was just nerves maybe just worried about messing up right and so he didn't really look comfortable anytime Alabama felt like Georgia was in a passing down they brought one or two extra guys and they really got after him um I thought that you know sometimes Georgia was able to run the ball and they kind of get away from running it well but you know the defense after that SEC championship game you knew the Georgia defense had to get to Bryce Young right you know they got very few pressures he sat back there and picked them absolutely apart and and they and they did in this game. I mean, I think, and I was texting you all during the game when I was awake. Uh, I'm not going to address that anymore. Uh, Mister McCoy hit me hard enough with that. But um, I would say that th- that is absolutely one of the biggest pieces that I think changed from one game to the to the next is that Bryce was at least pressured most of the game. Right, and it was you know it was the Georgia defense that you had seen in 13 of the 14 games previous. Um, you know we. We kind of wondered, is it because Georgia hadn't played anybody or was it just an anomaly that that defense got picked apart and, you know, what happened? Was it something that they were doing schematically, maybe in the secondary, maybe a little bit more zone, uh, doing some things that they had not really done all year? Uh, so I think Kirby and Landon kind of just went back to the basics and said, listen, we've done this, what, we're, what we've done all year, we're not going to go down without swinging. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I think that it was um, – Definitely a tale of, of three quarters into a fourth quarter. And, and then, you know, I saw a stat where the fourth quarter, Georgia had been outscored like 41 to nine uh, in the previous three or four games and then uh, was able to score uh, three times in like eight minutes. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was crazy. So, bets, did you have any bets on the first half or over-unders or any first quarter or anything like that? Or were you just straight – 
the the big three bets that you had. Yeah, no, I was straight big three bets. I had a future from August, a plus uh, seven hundred future. Same. So that essentially took the money line. Uh, I think we I put took, different amounts on it, but it doesn't. You know, specifics don't really matter right it now. It still pays. It still pays. Um, and then I took Georgia minus three, which was the line. Um, went ahead and just left it at the three, knowing that I had the money line. So I kind of had that a little. Uh, space in between and I actually took him on an alt line minus five and a half at plus like 190 uh getting some some nice plus odds um and as we all know all three of those cashed very handsomely uh yes <laughs> those were withdrawn a lot of those funds were withdrawn today to uh yeah, you sent us a text that you uh, you had a nice withdrawal from the DraftKings account, not a sponsor. Yes, uh, this afternoon. So that that's always that's always wonderful to be up to a number where you're like, yep, we can go ahead and pocket that at this point. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's nice. Yeah. All right. So it's it's three to nothing at the end of the first quarter. What are the emotions? What's the conversation there in the row? Yeah, it's just it's you know three to nothing Alabama. Yeah, it's you know they've haven't done anything on offense, but the defense is playing well. So you know what can we do? Do we you know, keep trying to establish the run? Does Stetson sort of take a shot? Um, where's Brock Bowers? Um, yep. You know, that's, you know, get James Cook maybe out, maybe on a linebacker, it, it maybe more involved in the passing game. But, yeah, you know, not a lot of real necessarily worry or anything. It's just, you know, this is kind of – I expected this game to kind of play out or at least start like this. I didn't expect it to – be a, a 45 to 40 sort of shootout type thing. Cause I don't think that's what Georgia wanted or would have done well in. I get that. And then you think back on it, it's just like, okay, they did put up 33 and they're really coming on being Georgia mm-hmm. there in the fourth quarter. And then you look back to what obviously uh, <laughs> Bryce young still amassed 369 just passing yards uh, from a rushing perspective. Alabama had 30 total yards, but that's because Bryce Young had minus 43 rushing yards. Yeah. So they had 73 yards between Robinson and Sanders. Uh, but when, when you when you look back, okay, so then in the, th- the second quarter, there, there's four more field goals. So they're just kind of switching back and forth, and you're, you're looking at it. There's a, there's a lot of yards starting to amass, mm-hmm. and you can kind of feel, at least from when I was watching at home, you could kind of feel this, this like something's going to have to give, right? Like right. some kind of a release valve. And I don't know if at the time it even felt like it even released during the second quarter. There was obviously the touchdown in the third quarter. You know, is that what kind of turned the tide or? No, I mean. When did you start feeling good? It had to be the interception or what? Yeah, because it was. So, you know, when Stetson um, tried to make a play, get sacked, fumbled, and they award him, award Alabama the ball, um, and Alabama goes down and scores, you just kind of felt like. Oh no, not this again! Like you know, it's a he's made a mistake. It's it's Alabama. The the ball always seems to bounce their way, and it's kind of like not this again. So you kind of feel just like this, like not crushing, but like you're like the you're the worry starts to creep in a little bit. Um, and then he comes back, um, gets to midfield, and after that fumble, he went four for four with like ninety six yards and two touchdowns to basically end the game. So he uh, hit Adonde Mitchell, who was – that was kind of right in front of us on yeah, what was the that pass was play. That pass was incredible. Yeah, so, you know, the guy – the Alabama had jumped offside, so I think he kind of saw that and wanted to take a shot. Um, heck of a catch by Mitchell, who's a true freshman. Um, and then they were able to get a stop on defense. And, and two-point conversion failed, right? So it's 19-18 at the point of the Mitchell touchdown, and then uh, two-point – 
two-point run conversion failed, mm-hmm. so you're just up one, right. 19, 18, but at least you're like, okay, this is basically back to even at this point. Right. So then you uh, Alabama gets the ball. George is able to get a stop and force a punt, um, and then they're able to kind of run the ball at four or five yards a clip, get down inside the 20, and they hit uh, Brock Bowers on a swing pass, uh, another true freshman, uh, for a touchdown. And so then you're like, okay, now you're kicked the field goal, you're up eight, and you're you know just get a stop, but you know worst case scenario they can't beat you on this particular drive, right? right? Um, and then so yeah. there's three thirty three left in the game when Brock Bauer scores, correct? And now you're up eight, correct? With, with the with the extra point, I know you're you're saying that they can't beat you, but right, but on with on that one defense, drive. how right? But right. are you feeling good though? I mean, are you really no, feeling good? It's, you're you're excited, still but you're also like not. You're, there's no celebrating, right? You're excited they scored. You're like, okay, now get a stop. You got to get one more. You got to get one more. You got to get one more stop. Um, and yeah, so they, they get, uh, to right around midfield and, uh, Bryce goes to make a play to, uh, friend of the pod, Slade Bolden. It's yes. overthrown. <laughs> um, and, and kind of that's the Keely Ringo with the interception and it was a 79 yard return. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's where it was. Literally, the place just like exploded, and it was forty-one years of frustration and emotion and everything. And like, it's like I don't think I saw the last probably twenty yards of the return because I'm getting tackled by buddies. We have it was uh, yeah. I mean, there's luckily uh, my buddy's wife was videoing us. Yeah, so there's a video yeah. of the just raw pure emotion, and it's I mean we're all like bawling, crying. <laughs> and then, you know, you kind of get even emotional just talking about it. And like, I've sat in the last Tears you know, of joy, 48 hours and watched every replay and montage and just friends videos. And it's just, it brings back that rush of emotion every single time. All right. So then that, that gets scored. And then you're feeling good at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, like, you're, you're okay, good. now, now we're finally there. I mean, there's a minute left in the game, just under a minute left in the game. Yeah. And this is where you can finally, feel like there's just no chance, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, you and, know that and, they and there have three wasn't. timeouts. Yeah, you know they have three timeouts, and uh, they're they're one play away but to, to, to go score. But they have to, to, they have to be, kick they have to be one points. play away and then onside kick and then like one play away against way, that right. defense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, so that kind of the countdown was on, and uh, and all we kept saying pregame is we want to see the confetti, we want to see the confetti, and that's when they – uh, I have some, you know, was able to get a couple of pieces of it and, and bring it home and, you know, going to have a nice little, uh, I plan to spend a large sum of the money's won on any championship gear that I can find. <laughs> so, <laughs> books. Whether uh, whether you print it or not. Yes. Books, shirts, hats, uh, pint Football, glasses, golf balls. Football, everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're going to be eating and drinking with for the next 50 years. Yes. Absolutely. I love it. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right. So, so tell me about that. So the, the game ends. You're, you're a national champion. I mean, you are with the team. I mean, sure, they did some stuff. But like, <laughs> if you think about, like, what did you do? I did right? a lot. Like, I've done a lot yeah. in my 38 years. But uh, I do appreciate their efforts on the field. <laughs> yeah. And th- so that now, what happens? You all stay in the and watch the ceremonies for a bit. You head out. We're, no, we're there. We probably were there an hour in the stadium post game. Um, we watched. 
yeah, all of the on-field stuff. Uh, the band just played and played and played. Friends who had we had met up with earlier who had kind of been scattered throughout the stadium all came to our section and, you know, got the hug and pictures. And, yeah, so we stayed in the stadium for probably an hour. Um, and then, you know, the kind of the plan was let's maybe go get a cocktail somewhere. Uh, the weather in Indianapolis was single digits uh, on Monday night. In a, in a brisk single digits. A brisk that. single digits. Uh, as a southern boy with little to no cold weather Georgia gear, I was layered but ill-prepared. Um, yeah, I saw a picture. How many layers did you have? And then follow-up question, of those layers, how many of them were collars? Because it was a real... <laughs> Uh, it was a real polo on polo, like Ralph Lauren polo on polo no, on it's polo. Peter Millar vibe. on Peter Millar on Peter Millar. Okay, okay. <laughs> not a sponsor. No. Not a sponsor. No, it was a, a polo um, shirt. It was two quarter zips on top of each other, as you do, as one does. Uh, and then it was a jacket over that with gloves. All right. So did you make it out? Because uh, this is all building towards. Uh, I was actually woke back up at about 2.30 and said, uh, congrats and love you, brother. And you said, I'm rewatching the game with Taco Bell in the <laughs> hotel room. Yeah. So what happened between the end of the game and the Taco Bell run? Yeah, so it was, uh, like I said, it was cold. It was the, There was probably what happened seemed to be like three or four places where the only things opened at you know 1.30 on a Monday night. Um, and those places had lines wrapped around the building, hundreds of people trying to get in. So we said, screw this. Let's, we have bourbon at the house. Let's, uh, let's get late night and head back. So we had, uh, Taco Bell delivered, uh, bourbons poured. And as we turned the TV on, grab showers, turn the TV on to kind of, you know, maybe just kind of calm down from the game. Uh, the second warm, half warm is just, up in the hotel bed. Yeah. The second half is just starting. Uh, on replay so we actually stay up and watch the entire second half again uh going to bed sometime after uh, 4 a.m on on monday night what what a ride any other any other highlights any other things uh plays specific plays any other pieces that that are just very memorable or or that you think had an impact on the game no i guess you know just I guess being there because I've been as a Georgia fan who doesn't remember their first game because I was so young uh, to growing up to uh, attending the University of Georgia. So basically sitting on what was the home side, getting to sit in the student section, now sitting on the home side again. I've married uh, a fine young lady who is from Athens, Georgia. She also went to the University of Georgia, but she's a uh, a little bit younger than I am. So we were never there at the same time. So it's just, you know, being there for like, it's like my aunt and my dad and her parents and like this generation of folks that they saw that 1980 game. Um, and they, you always hear these stories about it, but someone who is, uh, you know, 30, 41 years or younger has never seen Georgia win a national championship. So I think it was, like I said, it was just a culmination of, the like the most perfect night and that's and you travel to a lot of games yeah we go to a lot of games we uh we do have family season tickets from both sides so getting a home game ticket is is, isn't difficult uh we usually try to pick one or two road games to attend each year um and then we you know any sort of postseason SEC championship um we bypassed the semifinals this year knowing that if georgia was going to the national championship we would go to indy um so yeah, that's uh, we've. I've seen the dogs 
win a lot. I've seen them lose, uh, but this was by far the the best the best of it all. I mean, it all starts on Sunday in Louisville with all your friends, right? <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it started in Charlotte in August, and and now we can we can definitely say we're going to bet on Indiana sports together, right? <laughs> we can or now. bet on sports Listen, in Indiana. I'll come to Is Indiana. That the I'll come to Indianapolis once a year just to like go to St. Elmo's for shrimp cocktail, and, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> spend twenty four hours with you. It's my one of my favorite cities now. Hey man, I, I I couldn't I couldn't be happier that we could do that for you, and then also because of you and us believing in you, um, we're all getting beachfront property in in whatever island uh, Mr. McCoy chooses for yeah. us. Let's let's put three lots side by side and just hang at the beach and just think finally of 2021. All right, with all with all of that amazingness, we are now going to transition into a very special cameo closest to the pen. It is someone that needs to be honored on this evening um, on this podcast because of of the the Georgia National Championship game. With with Coach Knox not here, I have his number. Him and I did it live together, so I've already guessed as well. So we will be um, hearing your number. I've still never gone on the site, and I'm not going to go on the site, so I can't give you additional information um, about if this person... Uh, the only thing I know is that it's not for charity, for the record. Okay. And I can't tell you uh, what Knox loves to tell us about what apparel they're wearing, what the backdrop is, yeah. what type of material their couch is made out of. Um, if they do it for business or not. But this individual is absolutely in the Georgia family. And the cameo we're doing tonight is Mark Richt. Yeah, that's for the Georgia family, that's a good one. And I think that in his coaching career, had there been the CFP where four teams got in, I don't think Georgia would be uh, would have waited as long for a national championship. I think he had one of the at least top two teams in the country um, – more than one time, um, kind of going back and thinking about it, and you know, again, one of the other his worst—not his worst, but a one of the most painful losses was 2012 when Georgia was probably the best team in the nation and and lost on a tip ball five yards short of the end zone. Um, so it was pretty. It was pretty actually pretty cool to see Aaron Murray and Stetson sort of embrace afterwards. Just kind of two guys that. Yeah. Quick question on that: Did Aaron Murray get on the field because he had to lean over as if he was Stetson Bennett's like th- just from the picture that I saw. I don't know how the on-the-field credentials were passed out uh, before the game or post-game, but I saw Aaron Murray in his joggers leaning over and hugging Stetson Bennett, and it's like, can we not get this man on the field for a little bit? So it's kind of funny because a lot of the old Rick players, like Murray and that whole team, they don't have like a lot of the access because you had DeAndre Swift, uh, Lawrence Cager, uh, Richard LeCount, all these Kirby guys – that play in the NFL or had you know careers, good careers with Georgia, uh, are always on the sidelines. So I don't know if it's a it's kind of a Kirby versus Rick thing. So Aaron Murray did not make it on the. He field. He was in like a club suite section in the end zone, but he was not on the field because you're talking about like the the Rick era. People don't have the same access, but I'm constantly seeing pictures of you with probably more access than <laughs> Aaron Murray typically gets. So, I've, I mean, I've got a lot of logistical questions about that, but NIL is in effect, so everything seems yeah. to be above board. I've got a line uh, to the athletic department uh, as needed, so I can usually be taken care of. So here we go. Mark Richt, it is not for charity, which 
more power to him. I'm sure it's going to charity behind the scenes. He just didn't check that box on his profile. Uh, Mark Rip, Mark Rick, Knox, and I have our guesses in, but you don't know right now, or you do? Know? No, I do. I do. Okay. Yeah, Knox told me. I showed Knox my Knox showed me his guess. I showed him my guess, and then he was on the site and told me because I will maintain and I do maintain that I still have never been on that website. So he had to tell me his guess. I told him my guess. He told me the number. So I'm going to be revealing three numbers to you after you reveal your number to us. Um, let's go 125. All right, 125. This is very interesting, very, very interesting because – my guess was 137 and a half. <laughs> okay. Because the number I the two numbers I liked were 125 and 150. You guessed 125. Knox guessed 150. So I am directly halfway between both those numbers. <laughs> okay. And the number is $250. Wow. We have to change up our game here and go higher. Yeah. I don't know if Knox is filtering for only things above $200. <laughs> not an allegation, just a question, just an open question. That's not an allegation. He's also the only one that ever sees the number. Yeah, it's kind of curious. Cure, uh, curious. And he's winning all of a sudden. You know. <laughs> um, all right, so Knox wins. Uh, Mark Richt is $250. Knox is, uh, guessed 150 I was 137.5. And Andre guessed 125 Andre, you are a national champion. I mean, does the World Series even mean anything to you at this point? <laughs> Not really. I mean, <laughs> it's it was amazing. Good, it was exciting. Uh, it's hard to believe that those two things happened within like seventy days of each other. Uh, but you know, this yeah, you're one, gonna be you're either gonna be like Boston sports, where this thing is just gonna take off, or you need to be very happy living on those two wins. And not in the order that they happened. I mean, obviously, Georgia Natty is going to be number one. But yeah. number two with the Braves win, you're going to have to live on those for a while here. And I think that you're going to be okay with that, yes? Yeah, I can, li- I can live here. I think that this, uh, for Kirby, he's got this machine rolling. And he will have us in a spot uh, for years to come. I love that, man. So congratulations to you, brother. Seriously, we love you. Thank you for winning us all this money. We, <laughs> we believed in you. Yeah, that's right. We believed in four of four teams that played the same team twice <laughs> when it was the top five matchup. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, ma- maintained. Um, so for Coach Knox, for Andre, the, the national champion, Georgia Bulldog, and for myself, uh, thanks for listening, and please subscribe and tell your friends. 